The Masters is back. Stream all four days from Augusta and get every second of big swinging, glorious setting, career besting, water splashing, record breaking, tiger taming, Rory winning, maybe eagle making, green jacketing, golf glory you could ask for. Grab a Now TV Sky Sports Week Pass and watch all four days of the Masters for just 15 euro. Search Now TV today. Content streamed via the internet, full terms at nowtv.com. It's time for another Cooking Minute. Yes, we're talking turkey with Tony Bruno. Hi, boys and girls. I'm Chef Tony. And today, we'll pick out that perfect wine for your Thanksgiving feast. This is a 96 Merlot. Ah, beautiful. Now the 87 Cabernet. That's a little flinty. Here's a 92 White Zinfandel. Excuse me. For more of Tony's great recipes, call his cooking hotline, 877-99-ON-FOX. Make sure to specify recipe number two. Next time, I'll show you how to... This is the Tony Bruno Show. On the eve of Snowmageddon 2018, as we made our early rounds today on this Wednesday, what is it, the 13th or 14th of November? I can't keep track. It's the 14th. The 14th. Before the entire eastern seaboard is socked in, I made sure I got up at 5.30 this morning and went to Acme, Home Depot, Lowe's, and the gas station. I got a gallon of chocolate milk, Luigi. I saw that. That's going to hold us over for a couple days, Bo. Maybe a few hours I got, <laughs> if you can't leave. I got toilet paper. I got bread. I got tudeguin. I got gabagool. Uh, oh, gabagool. You got a gabadost? A gabadost. I've had that for my entire <laughs> exactly, life. as my mom would tell me, too. And what else do you have to get? And I got bread, milk, eggs, Toilet Everybody, paper. What toilet is it? Paper. What is it with any kind of natural disaster where everybody wants to make French toast and is afraid they're going to have diarrhea? No, it's only for snow. Did People you, with I other mean, disasters that actually have aren't this, this idiotic. It's only California people in the rain. Obviously, they have real disasters going on there. And then you have here on the East Coast, where you would think it's never snowed in the in in, in the history of humanity, and it snows here. It's it's winter. Even though it's only fall, we're expecting our first winter storm. It could be sleet. It could be snow. It could be locusts. But do you know what I want to? You know what? what I want to do for you though, because the one thing you haven't posted. What's that? You didn't post the the the, the douchebag trashy picture of going to the liquor store, loading up, loading up. The, you know we're getting the real supplies here, with everyone does, and it's all about getting drunk and having the snow in party and all that stuff. No, like that's that. the last Eagles that's game. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a roaring round of applause for that because you didn't go basic white bitch. All right, I appreciate that. Well, I already have my my liquor cabinet is well stocked. Yeah, yeah. we don't we don't actually need. Yeah, they gotta any post a picture of them at the liquor store. Like, all right, we get it. You're drunk. You think I'm we like the Eagle fans who go out at six o'clock in the morning for a Sunday night game and start drinking? Doug McGregor says those are amateurs. He says we need to buy condoms for a snowstorm. Doug, you're married now, buddy. You don't need condoms for anything, bud. Well, um, maybe uh, we don't know that. No, he could have like a little piece on the side. You no, know? he does not. He's just newlywed month. <laughs> I use the rhythm method. How'd that work out for you, Tony Bruno? The rhythm's going to get you, <laughs> as the great uh, what's-her-face once sang. Uh, Gloria Estefan, Estefan yeah. and the Miami Sound Machine. But it is Tony Bruno Live, where we're at Moonshine. And what happens as we go on? I've been here for an hour and a half. We didn't order food. Now i got to eat on the air. It's That's an outrage. It is an outrage. We welcome everybody. It's Tony Bruno. Miss Robin's over there. Jack's not in the back. He's on the side. There's nothing, you know. It's been so long since I've had any on the side. I didn't even realize they moved it. Well, That's how long it's been, Luigi. <laughs> I hear you. Thank you. You get that? I got you. Thank you. Luigi's here eating his edamame. Yep. Or as you would call it, and your mommy. <laughs> and your mommy, baby. Exactly. Mommy. Did somebody say I mommy? No, but they did say. I. <laughs> I love Gladys. Not as much as I do, pal. I hear you. 
Not as much. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, we got all kinds of stuff going on tonight. We got football news. We got the NBA completely melting down. <laughs> I mean, nobody watches the NBA right. for the games anymore. Right. It's all about the drama. Forget right. about basketball wives. How about basketball insanity? How about basketball babies? We got a. Uh, I don't mean baby mama babies. That's usually the only drama there is in the NBA. I mean crybabies in the NBA. We got um. There's got no Draymond crying Green. in basketball. Yeah. You got Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. He called Kevin Durant a bitch. You know that's what happened the other night. Yep. That's what. That's why Kevin Durant went off on him. Durant wants a supermax. He wants all the money. He wants everything. He, he, like he not supermax to... prisons. Do we still have no, no, those? No, no, we don't. But he we need wa- them again, I think. He wants super ma- a supermax contract, and Draymond Green's going, if you take this, the, the team falls apart, basically. And he's like, I don't care. I want to get paid. Draymond Green said it flat out, too. He goes, I want to get paid. I'm not taking less money. I took less money three straight times, and I want mine. Well, guess what? Durant's going to get his because somebody's going to give him that money, and he's going to leave. And guess who the team sided with? Uh, Durant. Kevin Durant. <laughs> exactly. Listen, they're both great players, but the bottom line is this. Who takes the ball up in the final possession? Draymond Green or Kevin Durant after they battle for a rebound? That's what happened. Well, Draymond saw. Green takes it up, but he gives it to Kevin Durant. Yeah, but, right. but no, Durant had the rebound. It's like Draymond Green grabbed it out of his hands and yep. decided to wildly go up the floor, and then apparently he called uh, Durant a bitch. Yeah, it was terrible. And that's, not, and that's something that... Um, you know, it's funny. It's something that I, you would think Steve Kerr would get a handle on pretty quick. You well, know, that, he, that, Golden, that Golden State Warrior team is, is a pretty, you know, they're a tight group. You even see DeMarcus Cousins, you know, he got involved in it. And he's trying to tell Draymond Green to chill out and relax and everything like that. You know what? This is what the NBA needs because now all of the fans, like Sixer fans here in Philly and all of the other fans who are looking for a way that they could finally maybe get a chance to get a snip of the NBA title. Exactly. They want this team to implode. But guess what? It's not going to implode. Nope, because they're going to get it together. Because even though these guys hate each other and it's all about the money and Kevin Durant is going to opt out and test the waters, but you know what he's going to do? He's going to wait till the end of the season, win another ring, and then say, okay, I got a couple of rings now. I couldn't get one in Oklahoma City. Now I'm going to go out and uh, take the money somewhere else. But he's not going to go to a bad team because a bad team's not going to give him a max-out deal, is he? Are well, they? I think even if they did offer him, I think he still would go to a, to a good team. He's going to go to a contending team. I mean, he's going to have it, you know, if everything goes the way it should go, they'll have, he'll have his third ring by the end of the season. Yep. And roughly about 190 million dollars being thrown at him. Meanwhile, but that's not it, though. There's also, um, you know, we also got some locker room issues going on, too, and not the kind of locker room issues in the NBA, but locker room issues in Pittsburgh. Which is a lot of fun, too. We'll get to that, because we have tape. People have been talking about this story. We actually have tape. We won't get to it yet, because i got to mention the NBA here in Philadelphia. If you think that that things are messed up in in, uh, Golden State, San Francisco, they're really not. The Warriors can basically, the entire team can sit down for a week, and it won't matter. I mean... Steph Curry's been out for about 10 days. He's going to be out for another 10 days. He's out tonight, too. Yeah, 10 more days. That means tonight and uh, whatever they have left for the next 10 days. It doesn't matter. The Warriors are still the best team in the NBA. And then there's everybody else. So this is what happens when you have success and you got guys who want their money. And Durant hasn't been crying about money. He no. hasn't been talking about him being a free agent. No, he has not. So this is, this is, that's why they sided with Durant and not with Draymond Green. Because they know Durant, they need Durant to win the title more than they need Draymond Green. Let's be honest. But anyway, enough about the damn Warriors. We got more important things here like the 76ers. Is the process over now? Has it been on hold? Is it successful? Because every time I mention the process... It freaking better be. I'll tell you that right now. Because every time I mention something, and I didn't criticize the Jimmy Butler trade at all, Mm-mm. but the, 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 these process dorks that I've been critical of since day one of the tank, are now screaming and puffing their chests out, saying that the Jimmy Butler trade is more proof that the process worked. It is? You've got two legitimate NBA stars on your roster. Mm-hmm. One guy who's obviously a monster in Joel Embiid. Yep. And you got another guy who is a great player who can't shoot the basketball. And then you got a guy who was the first pick last year who is now on the, on the bench who's not starting anymore because the Sixers, once again, as they did in the case with Embiid, 
as they did with Ben Simmons, as they do with every one of their players who has medical issues, they flat out lied. Yep. They flat out lied to the fans. They lied to their own team. They lied to the medical staff. I mean, it is an absolute shit show. And I'm a Sixer fan, but the fact that this team will not come out and flat out give people the truth exactly. That's is the another part. reason why this, this, this ownership group, I don't blame the players. I'm not blaming Markel Fultz. I'm blaming an organization that is absolutely inept. Now, I love Elton Brand, and I hope he's a great GM because he's a great human being and a former great player. But the ownership group of this team is a laughingstock. And I hope Jimmy Butler works out. And I hope they win a championship. But these guys, these are, these are the same people who complain or booing the Eagles now after they just won a Super Bowl and complain about they don't want to be a, a six seed. They're like a four seed or a five seed right now. Yep. And now they got a guy, Markel Fultz, and people are, oh, now they're looking for conspiracy theories. When did it happen? Ooh, did he, he his shoulder, there's some sort of a situation going in there that nobody knows about. Now they're scouring the internet to try to find proof. The lost tapes? The lost Mar Markel Fultz tapes. And he's got some sort of situation in his shoulder. That's why he double clutches on a free throw. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on. I don't claim to know what I don't know. But the fans and all these process guys who think that they are all of a sudden savants when it comes to the NBA. Five years ago, these dorks were in a basement playing PlayStation 2 before PlayStation 4 came out. I was going to say, fast forward five years, now PlayStation 4 has come out. And they've exactly. System, right? And again, I, listen, you could be a fan, but the problem with the Sixer fanboys in this town, and there's a bunch of them in the media, is that they, have, they are basically sheep. The Sixers could do anything. The Sixer management can put them down on the floor and curb stomp them. They could go good fellas on these dopes, and they'll still say, yeah, but does him think he's a hero and the process worked? The process hasn't done jack yet. It doesn't work until you go to the NBA Finals at least. Would you agree that you, going, the, going to the playoffs and losing in the first or second round is not the completion of the process? No. Because the crap team that everybody hated that went to the Eastern Conference Finals with, uh, five years ago, of course they weren't the future. Remember when they lost to the Celtics? Yes. You remember? And oh, we don't want Thad Young and... Nobody was saying those guys were the future. But guess what? They went to an Eastern Conference Finals. And I know there were guys hurt on the other teams. That happens in all sports, and all teams have injuries. But to suggest that the process is complete, because they just added Jimmy Butler, who's coming off two stints in, in cities where a lot of people think he was the bad guy, that he's not going to help. How's he going to help Markel Fultz, a guy who's a head case? He's going to yell at Markel Fultz and make him better? I love this, the, the bandwagon sheep fans in this town who don't even know what a basketball is. They don't know Jimmy Butler from freaking Jimmy Johnson. They don't know and Jimmy they, Butler from Jerry Butler. From Jerry Butler. We can get to some Jimmy Butler a little bit later on. But, I mean, no, Jerry, Jerry Butler. Because only they, the strong survive in this town. They, seriously, they're, they're, they're chiming all in like, yeah, we're going to the finals. Here they come. Like, you don't even know what basketball is. What you know about basketball? You don't know nothing about hoops. You don't. Uh, you, just wanna, you just want to shake some it. more pom-poms. Tony, we've already talked about this. There's a lot of people who are so have been drinking the Kool-Aid about the, the, the process. The process. Well, that's because there's like 75. And listen, I don't care how many podcasts there are. Anybody, that's the great thing about where the world we live in now. Anybody who can get a tape recorder and a microphone can be an expert. Right. It's like media but people who are, who are not media people who are pretending to be media people who think they know what the media is, and they don't. Well, I do have a question for you, though. I have sources. Because people are critical of you. So, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You hate the NBA. Now, you don't hate basketball. You used to love it. He Something hates become. You hate I love basketball. You love basketball, but you hate what it has become now, what the NBA represents. And a lot of people think that the process is the answer to what ails the NBA and the way that they're going to get ahead. Do you have an answer as no, to how to fix it? No, of course I don't. If I had an answer, I'd be the commissioner. No, but I mean, there's a lot of people that, that, that have ideas of how to fix the way it's being run. The only way you fix how it's being run is by you fix tanking by getting rid of the NBA draft lottery. That's the problem. I didn't the ask you, ask Tony. I understand it, but that's the answer, though. <laughs> but that's the answer. That I mean, that I, is the answer. I would like. I think a lot of people would like. Here's to the hear answer, and let me give it to you. 
The New York, New York City is the biggest media market in this country, right? Right. When was the last time that the New York Knicks won an NBA championship? I don't know, 42 years ago? Something 1973. Like All right, 45 okay. years ago. Sorry. That's New York City. They've been trying to win a championship, and they've had some good teams. They've had some bad teams. Had some, yeah. But they had the Patrick Ewing era, and they were a damn good team. And guess what? They didn't win because Michael Jordan was in their way. And I hope the Sixers win 50 championships because I was there in 67 as a kid watching them win with, with, to me, the greatest roster in NBA history. So it's not about, I'm not a Johnny-come-lately now all of a sudden because my, 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 my trust fund parents got me season tickets to the Sixers game so I can go back down and sit down there with a bunch of my jerk-off friends and pretend I know shit because I got a courtside seat where I can uh, see Markel Fultz missing free throws and his, and his shoulder falling apart. It doesn't make you a basketball. I'm not a basketball expert, but I've been watching the game for a long time. But see, that's not respected anymore. See, if you say you've been watching basketball since the 60s, you're now old. You're, it's not that you know or that you've learned. You're now old because now 20-somethings who have been watching basketball for three years are now experts. That's the world we live in now, and no matter whether it's sports, politics, you name it. And I listen, I, had t I, I was a young punk. I thought I knew it all. But I worked hard to get to the point where I didn't know it all, but I learned, and I'm still learning to this day. The problem with, with the people now who all think they're experts because they have podcasts and blogs is that they think they really, they really believe they know everything. They There's really believe that they know the answers, and nobody knows the answers. If the, team, the guys who own the team don't know the answer, how would some yachts doing a podcast know the answers? Unlike think, this, us doing a podcast, where I admit I don't no, have the answer. This is, I think that there's two different questions. One is, you know, like, what is the answer to the current system? The current system is set up for tanking, where it actually makes sense to try to tank so that you can get more ping pong balls and, and hopefully win a better lottery position and all that. But, but, but that's not the issue here, Robin. The issue is that if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, if you're the New Orleans Hornets, I don't care how many lottery Pelicans. picks you get. Pelicans. If, you, if you're a team in a small market, right. you've got zero shot of winning an NBA championship. You can write it down now. The Minnesota Timberwolves will never win an NBA championship. Now, my question never, is... Never, ever, I, ever win an NBA championship. Has it always been like that? No. Or, so what, what changed? When did it change? It changed when, when, when players decided that the only way they were going to get rings, because they get drafted by a bad team. Usually, great players get drafted because the teams suck. They go to that team that sucks. They make it a little bit better, but then they see another team winning, and they started to decide, I'm going to go play. LeBron's really the guy who started this. With, with the, uh, yeah, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the whole Miami, the, uh, the what decision. Was the decision. That was before the process. The decision show, where they put the smoke in mirrors, came down the steps in Miami. And listen, they have a right to do it. I'm not denying them that. They have a right to move from team to team when their contracts expire. They're not doing anything right. illegal. But when you now, and now you've got Kevin Durant and, and the Sixer fans, same thing. Oh, next year, last year was, oh, LeBron. He was up in, the, in Montgomery County, up in Radnor and Villanova, looking at mansions for his kids. And then every yachts in this city gets sucked in and says, Oh, he's coming here. So that didn't used to happen. No, I didn't say you. Not I this, said not this yachts. I am one of the yachts, but not this yachts. But you're not a process yachts. But 30, no. 40 years ago, players didn't do that? Well, because it was a smaller league. And all teams, not all teams were, right now there are more bad teams in the NBA than ever. So with all the talent in the world, you've got players from all over the world now coming to the NBA. Mm -hmm. You've got 13-man rosters, right? So it's not like you need thousands and thousands of players to, 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 to pan out. There's more European players than ever before, right? There's players from all over the world in the NBA. You name it. So why is the product still bad from top to bottom? Because it's a, it's a, it's a product where only four or five teams have a legitimate chance of winning. And you look at other sports. The Green Bay Packers are a small market team, even though they have a history of greatness. Right. But why do they keep winning? Good management good draft picks, and, and, and replenishing the players around them, right? That's what it's all about. It's a, the NBA is the biggest crapshoot because if you suck and, you get the, and you're not in the, in, the, in, the, in the draft of the year when you got 
a lot of quality and you have to take a guy that you think or you're told is the best player, that doesn't mean it's going to work out. But anyway, enough about the NBA. I want the Sixers to win. Anybody who says otherwise is a clueless idiot because that's what they do. They want you to think that you know nothing and that 50 years of following a sport doesn't qualify you to have any kind of opinion. It's just like opinions about anything. If somebody doesn't agree with you, then you're an idiot. That's how it works. Well, I mean, don't they have an opinion too? Yeah, but when I, I, I don't call, well, I call them yutzes only because the name calling started when, when they, because I saw one guy today already put a video together of all the people like Howard Askin and uh, Oh, he's already doing the whole, like, I, like uh, yeah, I, you know, remember the, when you said this already? Has he, they, Jimmy Butler hasn't played one game yet. He's already starting that? Yeah, no, look, that's, that's what a, That's doing. a little premature, man. And that's the thing. I don't care. You can disagree with me all you want. I don't talk down to people. I don't pretend I know more than anybody else. It's all social media crap, Tony. No, I know it is. And listen, you know what we say about uh, social media and about people on Twitter? Absolutely, Leech. Tony. What do yeah, we say? I give a rat's ass about Twitter. I give a rat's ass about Twitter because that's how too. we communicate with the fans. But the thing that the modern-day world in which we live is if, if you give up an opinion that is different than the majority of the opinions, then all of a sudden you're an idiot or you're a bad guy or what do you know? That's not how opinion works. Everybody has an opinion. Just like an ass, every asshole has an opinion. Every person has an asshole and every person has an opinion. And we're surrounded by assholes, as the great Dark Helmet once said, I believe. <laughs> dark Helmet. Dark I love helmet. It. Wasn't that who said it? Dark yeah, Helmet? I think so. Yeah, where it's, the hell is it? I have it. Bad Spaceballs knowledge, No, it's, I, it's not Bad Spaceballs knowledge by me. I have it right here. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. I'm the one who created that damn thing. And I have no problem with people giving different opinions. None at all. But the problem that I have is that when I give an opinion that I get bombarded with all of these experts, these 20-something guys who know it all about the NBA, that's the problem I have. You can disagree with me all you want. And if you're going to start calling me names, I'll, I'll go down. When you go low, I go lower. Or I kick them, as the <laughs> former contempt of uh, Congress Attorney General Eric Holder once said a couple of weeks ago before the election. Anyway, that's enough about that. We got football, a more important sport right now. Because we are getting down to the needy-greedy, man. Let's get down to the needy-greedy. And here in Philadelphia... The Eagles now have a 31.6% chance of making the playoffs, Luigi. Yeah, I don't like those odds at all. You know who else has a 31.6% chance of making the playoffs? Uh, but, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Really? Identical? Who, yeah, because they are both 4 and 5. That's how they determine the percentages. Well, a lot of percentage. I, I thought guy. they were also determining by strength of schedule and things like that. No, like that's, it's just a, they're 4 and 5, and they'd have to be at least, you figure, 9 and 7. Now, Washington is in the driver's seat. Yes. So I broke it down today because that's what I do. To multiple levels beyond uh, comprehension. The Eagles have to go 5-2 and two in their last seven games, right? Okay. And they haven't been great at home, and they're playing the Rams where they are the biggest underdog in the NFL. When was the last time that happened? That a Super Bowl team coming off their Super Bowl season turns out to be the biggest underdog in any week of the next NFL season. I, I have no idea. The I've never Eagles seen. are nine-point underdogs at New Orleans, and justifiably so. They can't stop anybody. They couldn't stop the stinking Dallas Cowboys when Dak Prescott was overthrowing, he was overthrowing the government more than the resistance people do. That's embarrassing. And then they played better because the Eagles' defense couldn't stop anybody. It, I was watching Brian Baldinger break down some of the plays and some of the video, the, the all-22s, and it was shameful how bad, like Rasul Douglas on one big play was blocking inside instead of going to the sideline to chase one of the Dallas receivers on those big plays. It's just basic, fundamental not knowing the game. And that's why the guys who are backups are backups. Because they're not in a, last year it was all about next man up. Yep. This year the next man up isn't good enough. That's Nowhere near good enough. And when you lose like five, you lose, I don't care who you are, what team, you lose a couple of offensive linemen, you lose your entire secondary, you're screwed. You're really screwed. Absolutely. Especially when you were a good defense and now all of a sudden your defense is your weakness. You were also a defense that was built on, um, I'm sorry, 
built on pressuring the quarterback, yep. right, which you're not getting right now at all. Turning and, the ball and, over. And getting turnovers. Yep. They have seven turnovers on the season. That is bottom three in the NFL. Exactly. So that's, again, it's hard to repeat. All teams have injuries. The Eagles' offensive line, despite the injuries, is playing okay. It's okay. But they can't run the football consistently. And that's the difference. And you get last year they had LeGarrette Blount, and they had guys who can pound the ball when they got a lead late, and they didn't have to give the ball back up to the other team. Look, and they one. were able to run out the clock and win games. This year they can't. This year they can't hold on to league leads because the offense can't get those crucial first downs or get those touchdowns in the red zone that were routine last year. And the defense can't get off the damn field. Exactly. And that's the thing. And the one thing too is that, again, speaking of the offensive line problems and the running back problems, and, well, the issues that they're having there. <laughs> I understand the whole loyalty thing and winning the Super Bowl and everything like that, but from a business standpoint. If I was Howie, Jason Peters would have been gone this year, and so would Darren Sproles. If I have to see Darren Sproles stand on the sideline one more time with a jacket on and a hoodie on, thinking, and people thinking he's going to play, and when he does play, he's going to save this season, you're out of your freaking minds. Darren Sproles is going to save the no, season. Everyone keeps waiting. Sproles is coming back. Sproles is coming back. Sproles coming back is like me coming back. It's pointless. It's not going to do anything. You're not coming back next week for fucking fantasy? I might be back. I don't know. You dude. said I it might was take pointless. A, I might take a couple weeks off. I might quit this whole thing altogether. I may too. I'm dead serious, man. Just pack it in. I might join the post office. Benefits are better. And Amazon, pays equal. And, and you're getting into the Christmas holiday and holiday season. You know how many Amazon people will be coming to your door at 10, 11 o'clock at night? Yeah. The next couple of weeks after Thanksgiving. <laughs> exactly. So That's anyway, right. the Eagles have to go five and two. So can they win three straight games? They haven't won no. back-to-back games all year. They're not beating New Orleans this week. Well, we're given. That's a given. The Saints are going to win, and they're not going to beat the Rams in L.A., two of their tough road games down the stretch. That's a revenge game for L.A., and they need to keep it. And they would the have Saints. to win. They would have to go 5-2, and two, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So they must beat Washington twice. which is It's hard to, to sweep a division foe. they got to beat the Giants again, and the Giants, since the last time they played, at least showed some signs of life. They are showing better signs Just of life. Just the last game. Because so, the Dallas Cowboys, who looked awful a couple of weeks ago, looked pretty good. Not great, because the Eagles were off. And by the way, the Eagles were tied with them at one point. So it's not like they blew the Eagles out of the stadium. Well, we can safely assume that the Giants, regardless of how they've been playing, they're not just going to lay down. No, and they're not going to lay down, because guys are playing for jobs. And so no matter how, other than the Raiders, I don't think there's any other team yeah. that <laughs> is going to go out there it in, and say, basically, we, we don't like what John Gruden's doing. Screw it. I don't want to get hurt. You know, right around the corner, there's only a couple games left. Why bother? Exactly. For who, for what? <laughs> Seriously, for, for, who, yeah. for who, for what? I think they're going to bring in Ricky Waters, the Raiders. So, at that, at, so every time they go into the locker room and John Gruden gives a pep talk, yeah. he gets up and says, for who, for who, for, for what? what? Exactly. And that's what the Raiders players are now saying, unfortunately, to themselves in the locker room. John Gruden, man, what a mess he's made of that freaking organization. Yeah, but he's getting all, uh, to quote the process fans, but look at all those number one draft picks. He is. Like, he is acquiring picks. He is. And those picks will all turn into Khalil Mack. And Amari Cooper. Still never forget the fact. Never forget what he said. We need a pass rusher. We <laughs> freaking had one. You had Khalil Mack, you asshole. So anyway, so the Eagles have to go 5-2. and two. Dallas has to go 5-2. and two. Dallas has the, at the Falcons. So, they have at the Saints as well. And so they're four away, three at home. Now, the Cowboys were awful on the road until they came here and won that game. They're one and four on the road. Cowboys still have four road games left, three at home. Uh, the Washington Redskins, meanwhile, they're, they're sitting pretty. They're 6-3. and three. Mm-hmm. They would have to lose five of their last seven games. To lo- if they lost five of their last seven games, they would finish 8-8. Eight and eight. And then, therefore, the Eagles or the Cowboys would have to finish 9-7. and seven, Right, which, which I can't much see. more difficult yeah. to do for either team. But out of the Cowboys and the Eagles, I, I, honest, I mean, I, and I hate to say this, I, I would put my money on the Cowboys overtaking the Redskins before the Eagles do this season. But the Cowboys aren't going to I know they're not the going to do that, but I'm just saying, though, just, just the way it's, everything's been playing out right now, I would actually be more easy to put my money on the Cowboys than the Eagles. And the bottom line in the grand scheme of things, there isn't a team in the NFC East that's going to sniff Hell no. the, a championship game or a Super Bowl no. this year. They're I gonna, think we can all safely say right now, if I had to sell my put, go get a reverse mortgage on my house after reverse cowgirl prior to that or afterwards, I guarantee... Or during it, right. going into a bank and doing that, that would be fun. Maybe. Instead of waiting there to fill out paperwork and shit. But anyway, I would bet the house that even if Washington wins, and they are really in, in a good spot here to win the division, mm-hmm. 
Does anybody think the Washington Redskins are going to be a deep playoff team? Or Absol- anybody in this? Division? No, I actually think any. I actually think the, the the team that comes out of the NFC East that's going to host a playoff game will be the most likely to lose that home playoff yeah, game. Yeah, I, I truly believe that. It's a bad division. The Eagles have been a big disappointment because they were the defending Super Bowl champs and they had they they struggled at home this year, which they were unbeatable at home last year. And so things are not the same. And they- it's hard to catch lightning in the bottle seven, you know, se- several dozen times during the season. They did that last year. It doesn't carry over every time this year. T- guys have gotten older. There are a lot of injuries. P- players are underperforming. They didn't really make the moves. To- last year they had and a they good couldn't t- hold leads. Right, they couldn't hold a lead. And, again, Carson came back. And, and to his credit, he's been playing pretty damn good. I mean, he's looked pr- pretty well out there yeah. as rehab as possible. I, but I do question some of the stuff that worked last year for Doug. You know, and some of the play calling, the whole big balls thing, I think this year actually bit him in the ass because he shouldn't have been doing a lot of these things. You know, we saw last, you know, last week on that fourth and one call, and that was a long one. And they ran that. What did they do? Run, run play, draw play to the right side, to the weak side. No, seven they ran yards an back. formation right. play with a guy Every, seven yards behind the line Everyone of knew where that was going. So that's what I'm saying is that I, I just think the things that were working last year, they're not going to work every single time. They're not working this year. And, and, and I'm not, it's not a hangover. I just think this team is just a little bit banged up and a little beat up, and I think they're going to come up a little bit short. That's all. Yeah, and, and Washington, as I mentioned. Washington's Washington, playing damn good defense, man. They play good ball. Washington has Houston, and a lot of people think that they, the, they could beat the Houston Texans who are playing great because it's in D.C. or Arlington. Mm-hmm. If they beat Houston, that's the division. They're seven and three. That's the division. And then it doesn't, because there's nobody else is going to run the table. Unless a monumental collapse would happen by the Red Exactly. Teams. That's it. So anyway... That's that. But the other big story today in the NFL is the bell has finally been unrung in Pittsburgh. Yep. Le'Veon Bell, now we all know, will not play another game for the Steelers this year, and maybe not ever. No, I think he's gone. But, you know, they could they, – they, 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 he didn't sign a franchise tag, mm-hmm. but they could wait till February 19th and then make a transition move on him and still be in a position where they give him an offer – and then he's free to go to other teams to match that offer. So it doesn't mean that the door is completely closed. But the problem is going to be, from what I was reading today, that the transition tag, we don't know what the amount is. Because, of, uh, because it could be among the highest paid players in the NFL, like quarterback money. And the Steelers don't want to probably do that, as good as he is. And so we know that the, the, I think the players... The players in Pittsburgh know he's officially gone. Well, Ben, yeah, Ben today? Roethlisberger texted him and wished him well. And then he never wrote, but never texted him back. Le'Veon Bell, the Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger can't even get a text back. Can't even he get, get a, a text, text back. back. It's like Damn. me making a phone, calling somebody back when they call me. But anyway, so you saw what happened today. We have the only tape, ladies and gentlemen, of what actually happened today. Inside the Steelers' locker room. You may have seen some clips and guys talking about it. We have some of the position coaches getting in there. We have position coaches who went into the locker of Le'Veon Bell and pretty much cleaned that sucker out. And this is before everyone already thought it was picked clean. Yeah. Let's go to the tape inside the Steelers' locker room at Heinz Field. This locker just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. This is the holy grail of toys. There's probably another 90 boxes worth of stuff in here. We got Lost in Space and Kiss Toys, Disneyland Toys, and Hot Wheels and Universal Monsters. There's another $20,000 here. This is incredible. It's fantastic. Perfect. There you have it. $90,000 worth of stuff. They were finding all kinds of stuff back there, man. They hit the mother load. This That's is stuff that Le'Veon didn't even know it was there. <laughs> you saw people like taking his Jordans. They were taking everything. He ain't coming back for it. The hell with it. That's his stick. You think he really cares? He basically gave up $14.6 million this year. He will not, he had not played he a game. He forfeited that. Forfeited $14.6 million. And you know what? No one's more, no one's more happy about it than the Pittsburgh Steelers because they found James Conner. And he's got, they got him under control for the next two years. Exactly. He's carried the load no problem. And Le'Veon Bell played his hand. He turned down money before. And then a guy steps in, James Conner. Mm-hmm. And he has a great season. That he, they, they started off poorly, and it looked like, oh, they really need Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, but now they're starting to hit their stride. Conner played well. He had a concussion, but he did practice today. So he's going to play this weekend. And so now Le'Veon Bell lost his leverage. That's how it works. Even he's a, he's a great running back. Nobody's going to deny that. Problem is, he doesn't have the leverage anymore. Although they did... He didn't. They did offer. They, after, they offered to put the franchise tag on him again, and he turned it down. 
This guy just so it's not like they didn't want to keep him. It's just they didn't want to keep doing franchise tags every year. He didn't want that. He no, he, of paid. course he didn't want. He that. wanted to get paid, but the thing is, he also wanted to get paid like a top wide receiver too. Which, granted, his numbers do constitute that. But you're not going to make this whole new con- see. He was trying to create a new hybrid contract yeah. for these pass receiving backs like he is, these dual threat kind of guys, and that's it. They're just not going to go for that. You're not going to see running backs getting paid thirty million dollars a year because ultimately you are a running back, and a running back shelf life in the NFL is what it is. And that position's valued at a certain X amount of dollars. And he's not going to recreate it to make it worth double that. I already have odds on where he may go next year, Le'Veon Bell. Miami. Miami, not, to, not the top team. But are they on the board? Well, yeah, they're on the okay, board. Okay. But you know who the top team is as far as the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes? Let's see. No, uh, no, 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 no. Hold on. I want to make an actually educated guess here. Is your mic off, Robin? Your mic is on. No. It's on. Your mic is on, Robin. Why can't I hear her? Okay, I can't hear me. I don't know why, but your mic is on, though. Try again. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I don't know, I don't nope. know what's going on with their microphone. On. In the meantime, let's, let me give you the Le'Veon Bell odds while we figure that out. The New York Jets are the favorites. This is Las Vegas odds. This doesn't mean he's going to sign with the Jets. It's just like the Carmelo Anthony thing that I tweeted the other day where Las Vegas posted odds on which team he would go to or which team would take a would be interested in him based on what the betters think. And the Philadelphia 76ers were the team in the Carmelo Anthony sweepstakes that the Vegas odds makers said would be a likely landing spot, a favorite to go here, right? Wow. That's, so that's what all that means. All it means is what do the betters think and what's the odds? So this is the same thing. In Vegas, the New York Jets are 3-1 to one favorites to be Le'Veon Bell's landing spot. The Jets... Again, this doesn't mean I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying out loud. I can say that, okay? I'm so just, maybe reaction. So then go to Vegas and tell those guys that they're wrong in putting down the odds. I was just saying the Jets. That's all. And guess who's number two, odds wise? I don't know, Tony. The Oakland Raiders at five to one. Oakland. And then the Eagles are seven to one, and so are the the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Green Bay Packers. So those are the top five teams as far as betting odds on where Le'Veon Bell may land next year. Again, I have to keep respe- uh, explaining this. This is not my prediction. This is not likelihood. This is what the gamblers do. They put up these props. I understand. And, then you, and you understand it. You're a degenerate gambler. I'm not a degenerate, but I'm just, you know, I, I gamble. But I would, what I was saying is that was just my reaction because I didn't see this list. That's why, I, that's why I said it would surprise you. Yeah, and it did. And when I, surpri- I got surprised, you Of course, the Jets won't surprised. have any coaches or any other players left. But Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold will go out there and just play catch for the rest of the season while the Jets implode. Wow. I have a New York Jets update tonight, too. Still ahead. Plus, what, they're dead in the water. We have a Florida update, and we will pour one out tonight for a couple of greats. Do we have our guest on the line? No, not yet. Okay, let me know. I didn't even know we had a guest tonight. I didn't either. It's speaking exciting. Of, speaking of the lines, 619-924-9874, 619-924-9874. That's how you chime in. Now my damn broccoli's program. getting cold. You got to eat your broccoli. You got to eat your vegetables, Tony. I know. Meanwhile, you can check in, uh, uh, check in on us at uh, Facebook Live. A lot of people checking in tonight. Go to the uh, Must Watch Radio hashtag. We'll have nudity updates tonight, too, but no one will get naked tonight. Thank God. Yeah. Unless somebody wants to come in and take their clothes off. Well, you know, that's always a chance that we take. Just this is an adult establishment. Um, so, yes, we are live on Periscope Live, mm-hmm. YouTube Live, Twitch, and Facebook Live. Both Periscope and Twitch, we are live interacting. We will take your comments if, it's, uh, if, we, if we can get to it. And it is brought to you, as always, by Switchboard Live, the best and easiest way to stream anything that you possibly could want. Like our Did you want to tell you that? No, you know, last night we had a party here. Philly for, Current. For Philly Current. And my boy Matt Cord was here the voice of the Sixers at, the, at Wells Fargo Center, mm-hmm. the PA announcer, and the gentleman with him I had never met. You know who he was? He was one of the... He actually is the director, the television director of Philly's broadcast on NBC Sports Philly, and he also directs the Sixers I games. Him. So he says to me, I got to tell you, Tony, I watch your podcast all the time, and the camera works great. I mean, it's, the video is really good. And I mentioned Switchboard Live, and then he said, well, who's, who's the director? I said, Miss Robin. <laughs> We have three little, little cameras here. We don't have, like, 1080i, $10,000 cameras. 
They are 1080, though. They're, they're 1080i, but they're not $10,000 no. cameras that you see, like, in National no. Geographic. They... Although we would look good in a National Geographic documentary about... Uh, we were watching one last night at midnight. What was it, what was it about? It was about, it, the, about Scottish the Scottish wildcats. Wildcats. They're, I didn't even know that they extinct. were extinct. Yeah. Scottish wildcats. Screw you, Luigi. Scottish wildcats. Yeah, they yes. look like regular cats. They look like house cats. Do they but have like those big like Aborigine tits hanging too? No, oh, and they're okay. they're not much bigger than a regular house cat, but they've been around for thousands of years in Ireland. They're very cool looking. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. They look like. But they're cats. almost extinct because there's no. They live up in the Highlands, the Scottish Highlands. And everybody drinks too much up there, so then they go out and they, they shoot these uh, and their cats. their tails kind of look like a raccoon. Anyway, that's beside the point. So anyway, that's what I was talking about National Geographic. But, so, so, so anyway, so they were impressed with the switchboard system. That yeah, we they were impressed on. with the camera angles and the direction of Miss Robin. And then he also said that, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You know, what do you use? And I said, alcohol and a couple <laughs> of cameras. And then we have some, uh, Luigi's got some gaffer's tape. We slapped the belt. Gaffer, I didn't even. You know who's going to join us here in a couple minutes? Is he calling us or are we calling him? He's getting out of an Uber? Oh, he's getting, yeah. Beautiful. The fantastic comedian, uh, Roy Wood Jr., who we saw on Last Comic Standing. He's fantastic. He, I think he came in third place. Uh, on and the he's U also uh, a regular on The yes, Daily Show with a, Trevor Noah. He, yep. So he started. He he started doing it before now, and then he he's on ESPN's uh, Sports Center as a correspondent every now and then. And um, not I, Sports Center, Sports Nation, Robert. Sports Nation. Excuse me. And he wants to come in person. Yes. Yeah, so he when he's in Philly next, he he loves you. He loves him some Tony Bruno. I don't even think he's from Chicago, right? I think he's from Chicago. Same, it's a little close. South Carolina, <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, they're right next door. What's the difference? Anyway, he's going to join us in a couple of minutes. So we got you all caught up on the NBA and the National Football League. But before we get our guest on, you know what we have to do, Luigi. What do we have to we do? We got to pour one out. We got to pour two out tonight. Are we going to get that ready now? Yeah, because I want to pour one out first of all for Nathan Peterman. Let's go ahead and do that now. Nathan Peterman, you know him. Nathan, don't call me Jay Peterman of the Buffalo Bills. Remember, this guy was this guy was at Pitt. He was he was at he was he was a quarterback at Tennessee, and then he transferred to the Pitt Panthers for his last two seasons, and he went in the fifth round. So he wasn't like a stud, but the Buffalo Bills saw something in him that they put him in the mix, as we like to say. They put him in the mix. And then he was competing against Tyrod Taylor. And all the other quarterbacks they had up there. Well, they had Tyrod Taylor. You got Josh Rosen, the rookie. No, no, Josh, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Adams. Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. I'm sorry. Josh Rosen's out there in Arizona. My right. apologies. But no, they didn't get him until this year, Josh, Ro Josh Allen. Okay. But last year, remember, he was there last year, and he played Peterman in his very first game. Last year was against the San Diego Chargers, and that's the game where he threw five interceptions in the first half of his first NFL start last year. Because, Ty, because McDermott up there, a Philly guy, decided that he should start Nathan Peterman ahead of Tyrod Taylor in that game against the Chargers in Los Angeles, and the guy throws five interceptions in the first half yeah, it was of his first game. And then he started week one this year, and he was pulled because he was so bad and they lost to Baltimore, remember that, 47-3? to And they didn't want to start Josh Allen right away. They wanted the rookie to, to get a little bit acclimated to the situation. Mm -hmm. So what happens? He goes out there, it was awful, and they pull him in his first game of the season. They lose to Baltimore, and that's when Allen played. Then Allen gets hurt October 14th, and they had to put him back in. And what does he do in that game? Throws two picks. That cost him the game. It's consistent of nothing else, Tony. I mean, so he on. finishes up seven interceptions in four games this year, 13 interceptions in his nine games played in the National Football League, and he was told to basically... Uh, Get out! Get out! That was basically it. Nathan Peterman, ladies and gentlemen, let's pour one out for the former Pitt Panther and Tennessee Volunteer. You know what I'm saying? We also no, have to... On. What's the matter? 
Okay. What's wrong? Block, to... block talk went down, and okay. I'm being asked to restart the program. I can't just do that. The phone systems don't allow me to do that. I have to hang up the, the, the caller. I don't need to have what you need to do, but just... And that's what I'm trying to do, but you keep, I'm, and I'm doing that. I'm doing the best I can to do that right now while Tony's doing this so I can keep setting okay, up the rest so, of Okay, because I don't know what's going on, so that's what I want to know. Yep, and that's what I'm on. trying to get done for you right now, Tony. That's all I know. I'll have it done in a moment as soon as I that's all right. get done what I'm doing. But let's get it. Let's pour another one out, though, for a real legend. Okay. Nathan Peterman wasn't a legend. He was, you know, a guy who tried, college kid, comes right. into the NFL, gets a couple of chances. I don't know if somebody else will pick him up, but he's gone. He gone. But somebody else left us this week. An all-time legend. And I believe we're going to go to the phones and get uh, a situation report from one of our callers. Let's go to the phones. Eddie in Hoboken. What's up, Eddie? Hey, what's up, Mike? What's up? Hey, Mike, Stan Lee died today. Did you ever meet the guy? What do you think of him? Stan Lee? Yeah, Stan Lee. I don't know who he is. don't know who he is, no. Jesus. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. That's the great Mike Fran. You know, $5 million a year doesn't get you a, a sports talk radio host who is well-versed on all the things in the world. And, and, and he went on to say, Mike Francesa up in New York, who's now charging people $9 a month to take calls and not know what the schedules are on the week on Friday of the NFL when he makes a pick. I'm sorry. I'm just... Uh, Can you imagine that? Like, my picks have sucked this year, but at least I know who's playing that week. Did you know this, Luigi? That's... That, Mike Francesa on his show in New York a couple of weeks ago was doing his Friday pick segment. Okay. And then they play the music, and he gets his piece of paper, and he says, he hadn't even looked at the schedule to see who was playing. He, goes, he gets his piece of paper, he goes, okay, this is the first time I'm looking at this. I'm not, I don't know who's playing yet. Hang now, on. Can you imagine? You talk about <laughs> mailing That's the it king, in. man. That's the king for talk you. Talk about mailing it in. Listen, I only do one podcast a week, and I still do more preparation because you've got to be up on this stuff. I make my football picks, and I try to be good. And some of my picks suck. But at least I know who's playing in the game before I make a pick. (laughs) I actually study these things. To not know who is playing until you pick up the paper on a Friday afternoon in your pick segment is pretty bad. But anyway, listen, God bless him. He's a legend. And I'm not even going to rip him for not knowing who Stan Lee was. Although I am surprised he didn't think that Stan Lee was related to David Lee, the former New York Knick great David Lee. Remember? Or, yep. Or a uh, former Cub great Derek Lee. Or Derek Lee, who was part of the, uh, the Operation Shutdown. Yes. Wasn't he part of When he was in Houston, I think he went into, or Pittsburgh, he went into Operation Shutdown, when he dis- which is what the Raiders are doing this year as a team, the Operation Shutdown. Anyway... Okay, I think I got the phones ready. We're, we're back on there, Tony, with the phone. Sorry about that. That's all right. Block Talk sometimes shuts down, and we have to reboot the whole thing. That's, that's what happens. Does and Derek Lee work at, uh, at Block Talk Radio as well? He could. Because Operation Shutdown is uh, pretty uh, routine there. It's ridiculous. So there's your pour one out segment tonight. We just had uh, Arvin Cruz checking in on Facebook Live saying he misses the best 30-minute radio segment with Gary. I think Gary's, Gary's not on anymore either. At all? No, I don't think he's doing the show anymore in San Francisco. He going no to? No freaking way. However, I will be making two appearances this week, at, this week on various radio. Tomorrow, Thursday, I will be on in New Orleans. New Orleans. Louisiana. And I will be spitting major game as we preview the Eagles and the biggest point spread game of the weekend, <laughs> Eagles fans and the Las Vegas and anybody who's watched the game for more than 30 seconds. Even Mike Francesa in New York knows that the Eagles have no way to stop that offense. Not a chance. Especially in the dome, especially coming off an absolute blitzkrieging by the Dallas Cowboys, who aren't exactly one of the NFL power offenses this year. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're an average offense. Even though they've got weapons, they've been a mess. So now all of a sudden, the Saints have been basically, they've been playing, this. you know what this game's going to be? I call it the Priceline game. I you saw, name your score. They can name their <laughs> score against the I saw someone. I saw someone on social media go down the whole thing, you know, quarterback, run it, like they do, like, you know, who has the edge on this and this and that. At the end of the whole thing, you know, they broke it down by position by position. At the end of the whole thing, he had a checkmarked Eagles win in this thing, 35-31, giving the edge to Eagles 
to a whole, like, t- to their positions. He had Drew Brees and Carson Wentz even. Even. I'm sorry. There's no universe anywhere where Carson Wentz and Drew Brees are even, especially in a dome in New Orleans. They're not talking about career. They're talking about the season. And even this season, Drew Brees is playing like an envy freaking P, man. But the one thing about, and I'm not going to argue that, but the one thing about Brees, he doesn't have to throw for 500 yards anymore. No, Kamar and Ingram are killing everybody. Yeah, and there are weeks where he doesn't, he, has, he doesn't have what you would call big offensive numbers. I don't, even think that the, I don't even think the Saints have to throw the ball to beat Philadelphia if they wanted to. I, I truly believe they could reach back and hand it off 57 times, and they will still beat the Eagles. No, they still got to dump it off every once in a while to... to to Michael Thomas. I mean, nah, well, you get, well I fans seem to be pissed, but I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. And, new, and newly acquired Brandon Marshall. Yes. Because after Des Bryant got the injury and lost it at that last play of, the, uh, of practice, Brandon Marshall got signed. Who They, li- they did like him in, in the warm-up and the tryouts that they had, but they went with Des, obviously, and they called Brandon Marshall, and he's, uh, he's back now. All right, we got a lot of stuff still to cover, but joining us right now as we have our phones back in business is a man you may have seen him on The Daily Show. You may have seen him on Last Comic Standing. You may have seen him on Conan. You may have seen him in a club somewhere. Because everybody in the club... Getting tips. Getting tips. Especially Roy Wood Jr. You can follow him on Twitter, at Roy Wood Jr. I've never met the man, but I know who he is. we're going to, hopefully soon, the next time he's in Philadelphia. Exactly. Roy Wood Jr., what's going on, man? Man, how the hell are you? You also forgot, you may have saw me at Miami Dolphins practice... Before they played the Jets, they kicked three field goals. I, I, I can't keep track of the Jets and the Dolphins this year. I don't know which team's going to show up for either team on any given week. But we know one thing's for sure right now, Roy. Nobody's showing up for the New York Jets. They are absolutely a disaster area. Who would have thought that? I am a Dolphins fan, and I think, I really think, and, and, I, and I have a son. And so, with a weird contract between me and girlfriend. He's a Packers. He's being raised a Packers fan. But I think the smart thing to do with the child is make them a fan of a trash franchise that by the time they care about sports, has a GM that can turn it around. You mean like the Dallas Cowboy fans who who weren't even born the last time they won the Super Bowl and now all of a sudden think this team's going to win a Super Bowl because they beat the Eagles to get the four and five in a Sunday night game where they definitely deserve to win because they dominated the Eagles in every facet. So are you saying this is good parenting, Tony? Well, no, I mean, it depends on where you grow up. You know, like me, in Philly, Roy, when you come out of the womb here, you basically, the doctor smacks you, life into you, and then your mother smacks you and says, don't you ever root for the Dallas Cowboys or any other team but the Philadelphia Eagles. It's almost like you get it in, when you get the shots, you know, you get your infant shots, they put something in the shot that, that makes you an Eagle fan and then you can't root for anybody else. Right, Luigi? Yeah, I, I, mine was Blackberry Brandy. That's what they put in Jack wins Blackberry Brandy? That's, 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 hey, I think that's the beauty. Right off the speech shelf, brother. That's the beauty of growing up in Alabama with no sports alliances at the professional level. Well, you can just pick whatever you want in Birmingham. You'll see a Dolphins fan and a Seahawks fan, which was interesting in the 80s, because if you were a Seahawks fan in the 80s, you never saw them on TV. No, you're right. That was not the late NFC game. Well, the Jim Zorn era, there were some, they, they were pretty popular back then. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved those helmets. Remember Jim Zorn? Yeah, the only thing cool about the, the Seahawks were the uniforms. Yeah, everybody loved it. the uniforms. But, you know, speaking of Alabama... You know, I worked in Birmingham, Alabama for two years back in the 70s when Bear Bryant and Ralph Shook Jordan were matriculating the ball at Alabama and Auburn. Yeah, those were good years. I sold sodas at Bama games growing up. And so that was always a fun time in the stadium to see some good SEC butt whoopings back in the day. A lot of people forget SEC championship was originally in Birmingham until the Georgia Dome was built, and then they took all our money. Exactly. No, it was, it was fun. I had two great years in Birmingham. In fact... I moved from Philadelphia doing overnight radio to Birmingham to do morning drive. That was my first morning show that I was ever on because I was working back in those days when you were a young punk kid getting into the business. They didn't put you on an afternoon drive, a morning drive. You had to work overnight and work your way up. And then I worked seven years overnight, and then I finally got a shot to work with a couple of great talents in Birmingham at WSGN back in the day, and now I know the Big Ape is a, not the Big Ape, they're in Jacksonville, but the... the big Jab. The big, the big Jab. The Big Jab? That's what it's called, the Big Jab. The Big Jab in Birmingham. Now, you still live there, Roy? Yep. 
No, I'm in New York, man. So, you know, I'm in and out with the Daily Show. I still get home as much as I can, probably about once or twice a, about once or twice a quarter on average. But, you know, as far as sports go, I'm Dolphins and Cubs, and I'm just a slave to regional coverage. I rooted for whatever came on TV. And people forget that in the 80s, the Cubs had a better 80s than the Braves. So by the time the Braves got good, I was too deep in. I had a Ryan Sandberg T-shirt. There's no turning back. Once we had one here, too, but it only lasted a year. And then we got rid of it. Great player, horrible manager. <laughs> Roy Wood Jr. doing comedy now. You so you're so you you got a busy schedule coming up here for holiday season. So you go, so coming up right before Thanksgiving, you're going to be in San Francisco, right? Yeah, I'll be in San Francisco through Thanksgiving the entire weekend. So once you hate your family, come laugh and forget about it. And then um, I think we got DC in December, DC, New York, and San Diego as well, and Vegas too. I see here, right? Oh yeah, Vegas. Oh my god! How can you forget Vegas? Thanks for reminding me about that one. <laughs> yeah, the Rio, the lovely Rio, the lovely Rio. That's a pretty good stuff. So San Francisco to Washington to New York to Vegas to San Diego. Man, it sucks. It must suck to well, be you. Well, that's how I route it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I have to route it. It's the end of the year. You got to stack these miles at the end of the year. Damn right. You start booking a bunch of cross-country gigs. You can go to RoyWoodJr.com and get tickets. We're in San Francisco because I know the comedy uh, scene out there pretty well. Uh, Cobb's Comedy Club. Cobb's Comedy oh, Club. One right there. Is right there any other yeah, comedy man. club that's even close that's in the right Bay That's right there in Fisherman's Wharf. It's a yeah. fantastic location. Yep. Do they serve yeah, Cobb salads the in Cobb's Comedy the Club? As well there. I was always wondering, do they serve Cobb salads? If they don't, they should. You know what? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But then again, it's a comedy club. When have you ever gotten really healthy food at a comedy club? I think uh, they just now started getting hummus. But this is San Francisco. They serve sushi at baseball games. So anything's possible there. I know. <laughs> Very true. One thing you don't get, one place you don't get, there's two places you don't get sushi. At a gas station and at a strip club. You never order sushi at a strip club. No. Or Who the hell is eating strip club sushi? Why would you do that? To- it's a good question. We got we got that. See, there's a remote. There's there's one of your Comedy Central routines. Go to strip clubs, and then find out who's got the best menu. Who offers the, the most healthy or the most exotic? Speaking of exotic dancers, how about exotic well, menus at strip clubs? Well, usually, you know, tapas is a dancer. Why don't you know say they don't, they don't offer tapas? They usually <laughs> just bond over strip club food. I think that's the move. Strip club food. It could like be a seven-part documentary series. Land, you just go from strip club to strip club, sampling wings. In Philly, it would take like two weeks just to get to the strip club menus. And we're not talking about the lunch crowd either. The lunch crowd, I wouldn't even bother. You don't want to go in there at, at 1 in the afternoon because the food's not good and the talent's not even close to being good, with all okay, due respect I to the working ladies out saying. there. I, I hear you, but let me offer a polite counter. I don't know if you've ever been to a strip club in the middle of the day, but the, you get a little more for your money. Oh, no doubt about that. And length of lap dance, so I've been told. They may give you like an extra 30 seconds if there's nobody else in the bar and you pay for a dance. Let's go to Luigi Curto, a man who's been to many of the daytime strip club uh, extravaganzas. Hey, she works hard for her money, okay? I know. I'm not knocking the people working. It's a hard job. Hey, listen, man, little known fact about me, I did it once. You did? I, I stripped one time. You stripped? I stripped one time. I didn't I ask did if you one, stripped. I, I asked if you've been to a strip club. Several times. I'm just saying, but I have stripped one I time. I mean, for lunchtime. I mean, the daytime crowd. No, no, no. Oh, I, yeah, I did. One time. I was with... Uh, I was with a couple of my buddies, and they were at the Oakford, with the, uh, which is uh, off, in the, uh, off of Roosevelt Boulevard, right? And the stripper comes in, and she's got a cast on her foot. What? Yeah, she's got a cast on her foot. There's five of us in there. We were the only five people in there. Including, Did she play for the Miami Dolphins? No, including the DJ. She came out there in a freaking, with in a, a club on her foot, on her cast. My one buddy stands up and starts going, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> So I was dying, man. Oh. I was dying. Speaking of the Dolphins. They took uh, no time off. No time off. Have they seen enough of Brock Osweiler down there? As opposed to who? Who else <laughs> you got to put in there? Yeah, Tannehill's out. He's done. He's hurt. They could have, you know who they could have yeah, done? I, I just... They could have gotten Matt Barkley. Look what he did. He came off the street, and he goes out and, and, and lays a, 
a beatdown on the Jets. Matt yeah. Barkley. I you, knew if they gave him the eight or nine years to mature, he'd be good. Drew <laughs> they don't make good decisions in South Florida, and they haven't for many, many decades post-Marino. I'm telling you, that was the, we, were, we were talking about that a, a couple weeks ago, that the Dolphins signing Culpepper over Drew Brees might have been one of the biggest mistakes ever in the history of sports. Seriously. Well, you know, supposedly that's why Nick Saban left, was because mm-hmm. he's like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Brees is the better quarterback, but there were questions about his shoulder, and Dolphins management was scared. Yeah, I mean, and the Chargers, too. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, they had Phillip Rivers coming up soon. They were going to draft him. So, I mean, they were obviously willing to let go of Drew Brees. But the fact that you trusted you trusted Culpepper was a pretty good college He was, but he tore his ACL, some... MCL, and PCL. And a guy who basically got, you know, he, he was a, a mobile quarterback. Drew Brees, he, didn't, I mean, he did all the tests after he was done. They did work him out. They had to see the shoulder was fine. He got the whole short guy thing. I mean, that's, how many quarterbacks have, have been, oh, you know, Doug Flutie and Drew Brees, obviously. Doug Flutie wasn't in anywhere in the same league. But whenever a guy's not six feet, it's like, oh, he's not going to be anything in the NFL. He's not going to be able to play, right, Roy? I mean, that's what's going on down there. Yeah, that's what they do. They play the metrics over the heart and the effort and all that jive. So, you know, it is what it is. But well, at least you got the Miami Dolphins. I don't know what the at least you got the Miami uh, the Marlins. You got the Marlins at least now who are going to come back strong next year, I think. <laughs> I can't the even Miami say that. Dolphins are the first football team I've ever witnessed practice, and I lost more. I left feeling worse about the team than I did when I arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but unlike uh, unlike Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker, did the Dolphins sometimes make you cry? Uh, no, you know, because I think at this point, you know, you know what you're getting into. You know what this relationship is, and Dolphins going Dolph. I believe that's in the Bible. <laughs> Dolphins going Dolph. Dolphins going Dolph, man. It's a new. It's a new saying. Did you uh, did you trademark that along with Pat Riley's uh, three peat? That could be on a T-shirt. Dolphins don't dolph. <laughs> They're just going to do what they always do. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I knew I knew Miami was in for a long rebuild when they changed the logo, and the logo looks like a manatee sick off of that algae. <laughs> water down there. <laughs> no, no disrespect to any manatees that are dealing with the algae problems. No, I hear you, man. I love manatees. That's one of my favorite things about being in Miami. You're in a hotel, and if you're high up, you look down, and, and all the waterways, you see the manatees just cruising right through there. Now, personally, I think that the sea cow is a better description for them. No, manatee sounds better than I sea know cow. it sounds better, but it's a, the description sea cow is way more apropos. You think so, Roy? There's no reason to keep it's talking just, about my mother here. It's a guy no, serious. come on, man. The old dolphin logo, he's jumping through a ring of fire. He's got the helmet on. He's ready to play football. This new one, just, I don't know, man. Just looks like one of those lazy animals in the aquarium that just gave up. Exactly. <laughs> looks like Shamu. Looks like Tony over here. It looks like <laughs> me tonight, man. What? It looks like, you remember that, that SeaWorld documentary? Which one? You remember that SeaWorld documentary where they showed you all the sad whales? That dolphin looks like one of the sad whales. Oh, man. That's got to hurt, man. It's got to hurt when, you're, when your team, when your squad is the subject. I mean, Indeed, man. I mean, the Eagles have been the butt of many jokes, and they finally won a Super Bowl, but it didn't take long for the fans to turn, though. Halfway through the season, man, they're booing on Sunday night on national television. <laughs> well, I, I, we appreciate you coming on, man. We hope, hope, when, let us know when you come to Philly, man. I want to come out and see you. Will do, will do. Um, I'm sure at some point I'll be down there in your new, uh, it's not the power plant, I forget what you guys called it, but it's got all the bars and the theater, and I always play the punchline when I come to town. Punchline. So I'll be sure to let you know. If not, I'll meet you on South Street, and I'll uh, share a slice of Lorenzo's with you, like oh. a couple of gentlemen. That might yes. be the only place left on South Street by the time you get down here. The place <laughs> is falling apart, Roy. No, Lorenzo's, man. The, 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 no, it oh, might be the man. only place left. It really might. No, there's other places there. What are you talking Indeed. about? Indeed. All right, Roy. Roy Wood right, well, Jr., ladies and gentlemen. That, man. Thanks for having me. Follow him on Twitter at Roy Wood, Wood, Roy Wood Jr. And, of course, you can go to his website to see when he's coming to you, your town on his tour, RoyWoodJr.com, for tickets and all the tour information in the house. Give him a roaring round of applause. All right. Thank you, man. I love talking to comics, man. It's funny to me, too. I was watching... Uh, 
what's speaking of comics, we were watching. Uh, what's the, what's the dude's name? Um, you can't fix stupid guy. Uh, the, Roy. The guy, uh, no, 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 no. Good lord! I just had the name in my head and it went. Whoosh. The, 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 he's the, always drinking. The redneck comedy guys. The, 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 the guy, guy with the cigar and the bourbon. Ron, um, Ron, Ron, White. Ron, Ron White. Ron White. Ron White. Comedy Tater, special. That's Mr. Tater Salad. Yes, to you. Mr. Yeah, Tater I know. Tater Salad. You can't fix stupid. And he was damn right about that many Boy, years ago. he was way filthier. I mean, oh, he's, yeah. He's always had a mouth, but he really stepped it up a notch for this wow. particular tour. The guy brings a whole bottle of bourbon out on the stage. That's a shtick, man. I know. I know he's always done it, but he drinks a lot more now than he used to. A lot of us are, Tony. Well, he had are. a great line. He said, um, I, have drank, I, I drink so much that now on the back of my driver's license, instead of, um, the, instead of saying that I'm a, uh, an organ donor, it says which, which organs I need. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, if, you're, if I'm in an accident, yeah. I need a kidney and a liver and, a liver, <laughs> right. and then whatever else you want to throw in. Uh, it'll help me out. At no additional charge. At no additional charge to you. We should, we should take a break. This is a good time to take Let's a break. Let's take a break. I got to pee. I got to finish my short ribs here at Moonshine Philly. Yeah, you, right. And for those of you who do not know what's going on, we, we don't take commercials, so we have to have a potty break just like you do. So we're going to be going on a five-minute break. You'll hear some lovely music while we're gone. Yeah, don't, don't go, go anywhere. anywhere because don't we go will anywhere. be back. But this is your chance to go potty, grab a snack, grab a drink, meet us back here in five minutes. In a world Wrestling Podcast, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.